0: Atomic notes and lots oh. of labels. <laughs> oh. we're, we're, we're going to be discussing uh, small notes, atomic notes, uh, a lot of the stuff from Linking Your Thinking, the philosophy that uh, that they discuss in that community uh, and, and having a, a different perspective on it, I think, from what a lot of people will see alongside comment section, which I, I love the comment section where have a look at whatever you've said, either disagree with or talk on <laughs> <laughs> your your comments and thoughts. So, John, atomic notes. What what do you think of when you think of atomic notes?
1: I think of when I first started exploring PKM, and how stressed I was. <laughs> like how incredibly anxious I spent t- my time when I first explored like PKM as like an idea of like oh well how small do my notes need to be okay cool well i'll turn this into a note but then i can't find my note where what was the is it a note or is it an atomic note or is it a sub note or is it a a sub 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 note and how do i link all these things together it was just i just remember stress <laughs> that
0: that's, that sounds like
1: i'm like it was just like well, like why why? That's
0: literally my experience of Zettelkasten in a nutshell. It's like, I'm going to make loads of notes. I can't find those notes now. I need to link them all together. How do I link them together? Do I link them in words, or do I put them as backlinks, or do I have oh. a list of links in the notes? No. Now I have a list of loads of links in one note, but I don't and remember where I And that's really overwhelming,
1: them. and I just do not want to deal with that now. I just can't.
0: I write, I'm just done. It's
1: just not me. And I, and I just stepped, stepped away for so long. Because, just,
0: yeah. Yeah. And I, I'm exactly the same. I think Zettelkasten has been, um, for lack of a better term, bastardized by social media. <laughs> that word that came through my head. I was like, it's it's just been pulled to pieces. Like Zettelkasten, correct me if I wrong wrong German people, means slipbox box or notebox, something like that, uh, which is basically a, a box of cards, which is just notes a collection of notes and you don't need atomic notes to have a collection of notes it's just something that he happened to have because he used it he used uh cards which were small but what does small mean yeah. and i know there's some uh, the e- evolution i guess of the atomic note in in some spheres in the pkm space of atomic note is one idea but how how do you have how one you idea? Have
1: one idea
0: exactly. I I was confused, uh, and then they're like, "Oh no, it's it's one narrative, one one explanation of something." Like, yeah, but how do you do that? Because now you've got more than one idea in a note. Oh no, uh, it it's not words in a note; it's words around a topic. And you're like, "So what is small?" Oh, it, it's like a couple of sentences. And some people say, "Oh, no, it's a paragraph." And yeah. So in other words, small is subjective. Atomic is also subjective. So why do we even need these things? What? Why do we need to add th- th- this this label to? Oh, this is an atomic note, or this is a small note, or this is a literature note, or smart note, or bibliographic note, or whatever. Insert friggin' name note. Like it's just a note, people. Marketing. I know, but who's in marketing too? <laughs> hey, do you want to make some atomic notes? What's that? Oh, it's a small note. Yeah, I do that. That, That's called Google Keep. (laughs) Like, oh, it's it's so dumb. It's so dumb. Uh, But yeah, so when when people start talking about... Why is it dumb? Because it's redundant information that adds complexity in something that is simple. Yeah. (laughs) There you go. Like, that, that's just off the top of my head. Like there, there are so there are so many ways to explain notes that you don't need all the words. Like Cornell note taking method, what and then you've got, like
1: Smart Notes. Mm-hmm. That Smart Notes. It's like um, the Johnny Decimal System. Um, I had a, a recent discussion with with a a purple friend of ours around how. She's moved away from, I think, I think she's moved away. Correct me if I'm wrong. Apologies if I'm wrong, but moved away from that because she ran out of numbers.
0: You ran out of numbers in the Johnny Decimal System.
1: Yeah. And letters and whatever it is. I hate the Johnny Decimal System. It drives me insane. I have to think. If I have to think too much, then I have a problem because I have. I have, a, I have such a limited... If I, Sorry, let me rephrase. If I have to think where to put something, then we have a problem because I just won't put anything anywhere, which was my experience of PKM for most of my journey in PKM. It's like, oh, I'm going to rebuild my notion system so that I can track all of these things. And then I never tracked any of those things because the amount of effort it required to actually do it when I am... Um, father of two young children have a business and other responsibilities that require me to think about like hundreds of different things i just
0: i just i just i just don't have time it's it's literally new year's day over and over and over again it's like i'm gonna start a new habit i'm gonna track all these things i'm gonna link all this i'm gonna organize this and then every single time you do it you're like week later done or not even a week sometimes you're like three days later yeah no, nah, I was finished <laughs> so you're constantly failing over and over and over again like nope I'm gonna do it this way now and fail this way now fail like why why are you doing the same thing over and over it doesn't make sense again it's dumb
1: <laughs> yeah you, there it, is it, a way it, that you
0: work yeah it
1: it is just setting yourself up for failure and to
0: tell yourself you're shit again. <laughs> I I think the 20 decimal system is a really good system for what it was built for. Correct me Mm. if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure it's organising books in a library. Mm. Books are things that are tangible. You can see the book, you can read the book, it, it goes in that place, and that's really it. A note isn't as cemented. It's not an end product, a book. You can't go into a book of a library and be like, oh, I'm just gonna change these words because they don't make sense anymore. You can't just go in and update a book, but you can with a note. So the Johnny Desmo system doesn't quite work because if it is filed in one section, and then you change the note, you now need to change where it lives, which in, in a library, you don't need to update where all the books are all the time because you don't go and update books. But you update your notes, which is my which is why I didn't even try Johnny Desmond. I'm like, no, it's it's far too structured. My notes are not this structured. My notes change drastically. I, I can go in one day and be like, Let's let's explore this topic, and the note goes from four thousand words to seventeen thousand words. That talks about seventeen different ideas now, rather than one. Like, mm. I, I've got rid of half the words. I've added loads more words, and I've added redundant words in there to help myself think through stuff. How do I file that now in the Johnny Decimal System? Oh, it's got to be under this and this and this and that. But I can't do that in folders. So now I need to link stuff. Now I need an MOC. dramatic silence um now before we do explore this i do want to say nick milo i appreciate the work he's done i do Mm. agree with a lot of the stuff that he says um however i have a different perspective on a lot of the terms words and philosophies he uses i'm not saying it's wrong john you can say your own piece but i'm not saying he's wrong i'm just saying i disagree and have a different perspective on quite a few things that he uses his notes for but we have different use cases for notes yeah Okay. So MOCs, I don't get it at all. I don't. I've tried understanding MOCs from various perspectives. I've listened to Nick talk about it in his um, Linking Your Thinking conference, I think two years now. I was part of the second one. I listened to the first one and I, I never understood the difference between map of content and just a list of stuff. Like I, I don't understand the difference. Uh, then I tried listening to other people talking about their maps of content. And again, it was just a list of stuff. And how they chose to list the stuff always changed. Oh, this is related to this because of this. So it could be a, a really broad link. Maybe ecological psychology and cognitive psychology are both in psychology. So I have a psychology MOC that lists cognitive and ecological psychology. Great. I don't care like the psychology in the name i know that that's obvious so you've got some mocs that are so broad that they become redundant then you have other mocs again related to atomic notes that is like oh this is a narrative of uh let's use adhd because i know we're going to talk about it later this is a narrative of all the symptoms of adhd so you have all the different symptoms of adhd linked as notes but then inside of those atomic notes you have more notes which could be linked to the ADHD note, but they're not because it's already sort of linked through this other one. So you end up having an MOC inside of a note that's in an MOC. And obviously that then expands everywhere. Mm. Which basically means an MOC is just a list of links related to notes, which sounds very similar to the backlinks panel, which is automatic inside of Obsidian. Which again, makes me question, so what does the MOC do isn't
1: already there and then how do you decide what goes into an moc and what doesn't because that's the thing it's like when is an moc an moc and when is it not Mm -hmm. like especially when it comes to how much you may work inside of your notes and how you change all the in things inside of each note and then if you have on atomic notes on top of that how do you decide whether an atomic note goes into an moc or whether it doesn't or how does it like, and you just end up with more questions, and <clears throat> rather than actually doing
0: it, I I, th- I think you got onto the the main point that I'm I was leaning leaning towards is w- what is the opposite of this thing? Like an atomic note is this, okay? What isn't an atomic note? Mm. An moc is this, okay? What isn't an moc? Because knowing what something isn't helps you define what it is, and I don't know what isn't. An atomic note. Well, an essay isn't an atomic note. Well, why what's not? An essay? <laughs> exactly. Why not? Um moc, what isn't an MOC? Oh, an atomic note or a note, just to get rid of the atomic bitter part. Like a note isn't an MOC, but it well, is. But yeah. But it is. Oh, if there's no links, it's not an MOC are you talking links as in specific links in the application or links in your own cognition when you're thinking about topics because everything because everything is information direct information direct perception sorry uh, everything information wise is linked everything is linked to everything in some way because it's mm. information mm. how how like strong or weak those links are will change so what 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 is it when I think of a dashboard, which is what I use, I can say, what isn't a dashboard? Something that isn't a dashboard is a place that doesn't have all of the current active things I'm thinking about. If I look at a note, I can't see all the other projects that I'm working on at the same time. I can't right. I, I. can't see that. So I know a dashboard is that. If an MOC is also that, and you can say, okay, if there's not links to all the projects that's going on, it's not an MOC, then great, we have an MOC. But that's not what I see, because a lot of MOCs don't show all the other projects or all the other notes. It's all the other notes related to this topic, but it's not all the other notes related to this topic. It's adding more and more and more constraints, which means it's just a note. <laughs> so um, this this relates to a, a, a tweet conversation I was having this morning. It's probably still going. I just haven't responded because I've obviously been recording episodes. Um, but I said... What's the difference between note taking and note making and writing? Like, what is the difference? What what comes to mind when when you hear that?
1: This seems more fluff. Like, it it just it just doesn't feel like right. Either I'm making a note. I'm I'm just I'm in my notes. I'm in my notes. That's it. <laughs> like, I'm looking at my notes. That's what I'm doing right now. I'm looking at a note. That's that's it. I'm doing I'm 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 in it it just seems to be pedantic and like finicky. Finicky and judgmental, and that there is a right way you must take notes and then make notes and then like like there doesn't seem to be, going back to your point earlier, there isn't a what isn't note taking oh that's note making okay is it is okay how like what is the difference between note taking and what is the actual difference what isn't note taking what isn't note making what isn't writing because as far as i'm concerned when i'm taking notes i'm writing when i'm making notes i'm writing okay cool so if we if we use the note making i'm making a note okay i've created a note so that's note making, is it? Okay, cool. What's note taking? Well, I'm taking a note. What's the difference? For me to take a note, I need to create the note. So I need to make a note to take a note. And and, and, and it's just words that are pedantic and annoying. <laughs> it's like, I'm writing right now.
0: The, the arguments... Writing inside of a note. Yeah, the arguments that I've got back. I, I say it just to remove some of the negative connotation that may come with this, this isn't a oh, I'm an emotional person arguing with you backwards and forwards. No, this is just a claim. It's an argument that people are making mm. is that note making is when you're making knowledge or creating connections between ideas, right?
1: Make knowledge
0: yeah, um, and
1: how I, how do you make knowledge uh... Doesn't um, knowledge in itself just sorry? I can't help it. I'm gonna to have to go there. Doesn't knowledge
0: exist? You, you don't make knowledge. This gets very philosoph- philosophical. I know. <laughs> I, I would argue information exists. Mm. You can, I don't like make, um, but to stick with these words, you can make knowledge because. For knowledge to exist, an organism needs to interpret the information. Mm. So I would say an organism constructs information in a way which forms knowledge. Mm. Like that, that's how I would approach it. Um, yeah,
1: it kind of it kind of reminds me, like do we go, we're going deep cuts here. Um there is an MMO called Black Desert Online. Um and what's an MMO? Uh, I you and people. Are there. So an MMO is... An, a You're massively... also talking to other people as well that are, ju- are just yeah. as stupid as me. <laughs> a massively multiplayer online game. So basically, it's a big, massive game that everybody plays together on a world is the simplest form of it. Right. Um, and so it's like there a is category a, of games. It's a category of games. It's a, a genre, I suppose. Kind of like a... a Basically, everyone plays online together. Um, and there is a game called uh, Black Desert Online, where knowledge is kind of part of the game. And as you gain that knowledge, as you learn things, you create connections and you you kind of, you build knowledge and that knowledge helps you inside of the game. And I was watching just before today, I, I was going to go back and watch it again, talking about like a knowledge-based um, game. So, in in games, you have like, you get this tech thing. This, what well, Legend of Zelda, for example. Oh, hang on, no, Minecraft. Minecraft. You'll follow that one. So, Minecraft. So, I've example. never played Legend of Zelda. Yeah, I know. So, Minecraft, for example, like you get when you start, you just punch the the wood, and then you get the wood, which unlocks this, which unlocks the ability to make. Um, Tools. An axe or a pickaxe or whatever it may be, and as you get more things, you unlock more things. It's if a thing actually makes you do that. Um, whereas there's the knowledge-based kind of games is around like you gain knowledge, you gain like you learn these things, and and it's very much an exploration focus, and the knowledge you gain, you kind of connect it together. So so it's, it's kind of, kind like, of like
0: experience, like experience levels give you knowledge. <laughs>
1: yeah sort of but not at the same time it's like when you're exploring something you learn a new thing about someone or you learn something about the environment that you're in or the world that you're in which allows you to communicate with an NPC in a different way and yeah. have different chats an NPC is a non-playable character and it allows you to have that conversation um that's for everybody else <laughs> yeah. um and and so I I quite like the knowledge and it's a full blown graph and depending on how they have nodes it might have changed recently because they've done loads of updates but when I played it previously they have different nodes and as you connect the different nodes together you succeed because you connected the right knowledge together to provide that friendship to raise that friendship it's kind of I I I find that quite fun but is that an uh, an moc
0: I can't give you an answer because I don't actually know what one is, uh, <laughs> but I, I I see your point. I think when it comes to the the MOC note making stuff, um, the way I personally interpret this uh, and think about this in, in my world, <laughs> my perspective, um, is that we're we're not making notes. We're we're taking notes, yes, um, but I wouldn't say we're we're making them. I w- I don't think there's a difference. And when we are note taking, we are writing. Like we are writing and note taking at the same at the same time. Um, yeah. when you're doing something with a note, you are either writing with the note or you're note taking on the note you've taken because you can take notes on notes because yeah. writing, i.e., an essay, an article, a blog, is someone's notes put together and when you note take you take notes on someone else's notes that's literally what it is um so i think writing is the process of adding a symbol (laughs) to a tool uh i want to try and be as broad as i can because it's not just a word because you can write things Um, and it can be symbols because it can be faces as well I, i i would class as adding an emoji to a text message part of writing I see mm. that as writing. Um, mm. So when you're adding symbols to a a piece of uh, an object... <laughs> would would <laughs> you say context? What do you mean by
1: context? Well, I, I was just thinking about the uh, the emoji example. It's like, when I send messages, uh-huh. cont- I want to add the context of the emotion. Uh-huh that I'm
0: portraying. So
1: that uh, yeah. kind of what I mean. mean
0: it's, it's context, it's tonality, it's cadence. Like when you put three dots uh, next to each other, it it can mean different things, but those dots are symbols and the symbols then translate into communication. So I, that's what I would class as writing. Writing is communicating on an object, whether it's uh, digital or analog uh, symbols to communicate ideas. Note-taking is I think the combination of those symbols to form information um i i don't think writing is in itself note taking <laughs> like writing is the process of make, putting symbols together note taking is the actual like tackling of knowledge i, I don't that they, they are like writing is note taking they, they are the same thing like you can't note take without writing but you can write without note taking. Does that make sense? It makes sense in my head but I've never tried to explain this verbally before. Yeah. Like I can I can put symbols on a page but I'm not I'm not note taking. I'm not taking notes. I'm just writing. But when I'm note taking I have to be writing because I'm mm. putting symbols on a page. Whatever that page is, analogous So to what talk. is
1: note taking to you then?
0: Note taking is writing, but with a purpose, i.e., collecting information. I, I think I think the definition on the internet is uh, what is note taking. Note taking is the practices of recording information from different sources and platforms. By taking notes, the writer records the essence of the information, freeing their mind from having to recall everything. I don't agree with the last bit. Um, but the, the, the note-taking of bringing information together, That that's, that's what I see note-taking is, um, and writing is the process, the practice, the, the thing, process that the you're message.
1: actually doing. So note-taking yeah. is the action and the writing is the process.
0: Yeah. Like you, yeah. you that's what I mean by you can't note-take without writing because note, note-taking without writing is thinking. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah. But you can write, i.e. make symbols and draw squares and circles without note taking because you're not collecting. You are collecting information, depending on the definition of information, not being really specific here. uh, You're not collecting information that's being used to create knowledge. When when you're writing, actually, I'm going to challenge myself on that. Maybe you are. It's just not in the way that you intended. So the intention behind writing can change. I like this idea. Um, I'm going to have to think about this a lot now. This is why you think about things out loud. So this is where I'm going to contradict myself and say, actually, no, you have to. Wait, is? Okay, is writing and note-taking perception and action together? I think they are. Mm. I think they are coupled because I don't think, yeah, Yeah, I don't think you can note-take and write without each other. No, no. Mm Because in, in my head, I was thinking, if you just draw random scriggles like, on a page, that's not note-taking. Isn't it? I, th- that's what I had in my head. I was like, that's not note-taking. And I, I hadn't really challenged that thought. But now when I'm sitting here challenging my thought, okay, what is note-taking? When well, note-taking is collecting information, well, scriggling on a piece of paper is still collecting information. But it doesn't convey any specific piece of information that is potentially useful to us because there's no meaning behind it. But if we add meaning behind it, now it becomes note taking. So there's got to be an element of meaning behind the note taking, and like note making just doesn't fit in here. I don't think, because note making is it's it's just another word for note taking. Mm. I don't have an answer for you. <laughs> Put a pin in that. But yeah, that that's an interesting thought. What, what's going on in your head right now?
1: Yeah, I as you were talking I was like mm, 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 mm. <laughs> I was like sort of agreeing but also there was a there was a reaction there that I was like, I don't know and they just feel the same mm. but also I I think I think for me note taking that there is a direction or a meaning or a purpose or a a thing there but then with writing, why would I write something to convey something?
0: If you don't need to, that's the thing. Well, I can when, just talk it, yeah. When when you're writing... And and, and also,
1: also, another thing that's coming to mind for me, are my random, like, uh, is this note-taking right now? Because we're thinking out loud.
0: I would argue no, because in my head, note-taking is... Again, this is previously thought, so I'm challenging this. Um, But note-taking is using symbols to communicate information in a different Um, medium.
1: Would you not see the voice and speech as symbols?
0: Because... I I don't see them as symbols. I see them as interpretations of symbols because it's something that we're creating in our own minds. Because what what you're thinking of and I'm thinking of are different. Mm. Because we don't have something controlling them. Whereas when they're written, or (laughs) writing symbols, when they're written down, the symbols that have attributes that you can tangibly assess, again, going back to metaphysics here from uh, uh, philosophy, uh, there are are attributes, there are variables to the thing that makes it a symbol of writing. So
1: a transcription of someone's voice is writing. Yes. But our conversation itself, right now. So does that?
0: I would say our conversation idiot. is part is, of cognition.
1: Is is the video that people let us get meta here? Is the video that they're watching writing? Because
0: that is captured. That is. I want to. I want to say, say yes. <laughs> I I want to say yes because yeah. it is cemented does, in time. Does that make it a note? I would say yes. Hmm. That's what I was thinking. I would say yes. I think this is where the... This uh, <laughs> is fun. Yeah, this is where the eco-site gets really interesting because the environment we are in is yeah. not a note. But yeah. moving forwards in time, the dynamics of the environment has changed, which means the attributes you can associate to it also change. Hence, it's a note for them and writing mm-hmm. for them. But for us right now, it's not. Because time is changing the way that it can be interpreted in space,
1: mm. and so that means if we, for example, as as you are reviewing this for the edits, mm-hmm. is that then
0: writing? Because it's a different space and time, there are different affordances in that environment, which to me would yeah say, hey, I am I am now. I wouldn't. I is wouldn't it say editing note taking? Yeah. That's oh yeah. Crazy. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, I've spoken to uh, multiple editors about this as well. I'm like, because they, a lot of people, a lot of editors anyway, they use editing as a way of thinking. It's part of their extended cognition for them to organize a story and a narrative in a timeline. So for them, editing a video is a form of extended cognition. It is a form of note-taking. So I, I already knew editing was, but yeah, as, as we're speaking this out, this is really this is really cool. Sorry, everyone, if uh, we we went off the track. But I like this. Um, yeah. So when when you think about that through time, it, again using eco the affordances change because the environments change because uh, dynamic systems and writing. Huh. So going back
1: to what we've been saying around moc's. Uh huh. Like they they are notes. Yeah. So so. Although at the time, it's because a note is not static. Mm-hmm. And I think the assumption being made, I think you've already said this, but just my brain is bleh. Yeah. Like the MOCs is, is just a note, but we're trying to put, like, my assumption is it's trying to put kind of some form of static, controlled element to it and trying to have that fixed point into the photograph versus the video um analogy that that
0: you've used previously i like that and so, one. I, I like came okay, i like that i came up with that
1: <laughs> yeah it's a really good one i'm just like thank
0: you it very much
1: is and an moc is using that kind of cog psych view it's it's a static representation where i m- my yes yeah. my it assumption is, it's... is it's a picture. They view MOCs as a static thing, and note-taking and making... Mm, still can't see the separation there, but yeah. Let's just assume that they're separate, I suppose, is the dynamic part of it. Assuming that the MOC is a static thing, and note-taking and making is not static.
0: I can already see the argument saying, well, an MOC isn't static because we will add to it.
1: Yes, but that's the point. Then then why is it any different from a note?
0: and that's that's how i would then like refute that like that's the conversation that went in my head i was like well they're gonna say well it's not static it's dynamic because we change it i'm like okay so what's the difference between an moc and a note i mean we get back to the same problem of there isn't because there isn't a this isn't an moc it's just a note because Mm. a note is a broad encompassing term Mm. and note taking is inherently a broad encompassing term that works for all of this
1: um mm.
0: so when i guess rounding this up a little bit because this conversation i can see us going in lots of different directions <laughs> continually um which people in the comments please let us know your thoughts i'm sure we'll get paragraphs and probably some essays um i look forward to them yeah so do i am figuring this stuff out as we go i i think writing and note-taking what are the differences between writing and note-taking That is the fundamental question that I am left with. I think note-making is note-taking. There's no difference. MOCs, note-taking, no difference. Um, Note-taking and writing, is there a difference? I'm struggling to find one. And if there isn't one, which I don't think there is at this point in time now, note-taking is just writing. Because I feel like writing is more encompassing than note-taking. Hmm. In which case, the research on note taking is because ah maybe that's what it is. Note taking is a noun, isn't it? Even even though it's a process of doing thing, it's a noun thing because Not
1: a verb. The... that's where my brain was going. It was like oh, writing yeah. is a doing. It's,
0: we do it's, that. it's a verb. Note taking is still a process, but the the end product of note taking is a note, mm,
1: which is a, a noun. I think it's the the verb versus noun thing again. That's where my brain's
0: going. So I think note-taking is writing. Note-taking and writing are the same thing. They are talking about the exact same process. The difference, I think, is we have an assumption that note-taking leads to a note, whereas Hmm. writing doesn't have the same uh, association with notes. So there's not the same uh, assumption there. So I don't think... I don't think there's a difference between note taking and writing, so I'm just going to say writing instead of note taking now. I, that I have, I've made the executive decision. Note taking no longer exists in my vocabulary. Um, yeah, so I, th- I think writing and note taking are the same thing. But a note is a thing that is dynamic. Like I don't, I don't want to use note. I have a note. Yeah, because note. Well, we we do have notes, but notes are the same as writing. Notes are the result of writing. It's the same as memory or a memory store is the result of remembering things or a potential result of remembering things. So I'm not making or taking notes. I'm writing or I'm note-taking. I don't take notes. I, I'm always writing. Yeah.
1: Hmm. I want to notice the product of writing, or can be one
0: of the products of writing. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Again, it's like nouns and verbs. I've never tried to associate eco psych like language to note taking, but that's really interesting. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to play with that a bit more. Um, mm. yeah. so serendipity. I think it links quite nicely to this conversation of serendipity. I, 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 you're, you're just sitting there giggling.
1: Yeah, it's because we both ticked exactly the same time. Too,
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm just saying. Yeah, we. We're... <laughs> um, yeah, serendipity is. Uh, it's a funny word, and I say funny, because it doesn't really mean much. Like I, I don't see. I'm speaking in this context of of note taking and writing. I don't see what it means. It's it's a funny word because it's a nice word. It's a mm. it's a woody word. It 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 it's it's nice. It's cool. It's fun. It's it sounds smart. But what's it mean? When when I first heard about it, this is like going back two years now. I first heard it. I was like, what's it mean? I googled it. I still didn't see it. Um, and now that I've I've heard people speak about it, I I have a uh, I have a meaning behind it, but I still don't see the point of it. Like when people say serendipity, what comes to mind now is not necessarily coming out of nowhere, but appearing like the light bulb moment of an idea. That's that's what comes to mind when I think of serendipity. It just happened. Or I wasn't consciously aware of it and it's now once I again it. it it's once again a snapshot. Exactly. And so so when I look at serendipity, I'm like, when do I know it's happened? When do I know it hasn't happened? How do I get this thing to happen? Like, I want to be serendipitous with my notes. But that's
1: completely beside the point of the meaning of the word. I just looked it up because I couldn't
0: understand. Because like, my brain was like, ah. <laughs> again, it's another one of these words spoken about in PKM quite a lot. And I'm like, don't get it. Because <laughs> serendipity
1: is the faculty of making happy and unexpected discoveries that that's what it was coined Mm -hmm. originally but how can you make that
0: you can't because it's unexpected if you make the
1: point if you make it then it's not serendipitous is it it is planned uh it is forced you can't force serendipity no Because if you force serendipity, what is
0: it? It is not serendipitous. It's not serendipitous. Exactly. And and that's what I was confused at, because I know... um... Uh, in the past, Nat Eliason has spoken about Rome and Rome helping him be serendipitous with his newsletter and his articles and his writing. This is going back a couple of years when he did his um, Rome course. But serendipity was a big buzzword that he was using quite a lot. Uh, and I know Tiago and David Perel have also used that word quite a lot when it comes to the the networked thought. Um, and I've I've never quite grasped the meaning of it. And I, I I think there's a reason for that. I think it's because, as you say, you can't can't make something unexpected happen because then it's not unexpected. <laughs> I it, suppose is it exposure? But again, then you're creating an environment to try and make something more likely to happen. But, but then you're you're not you're not creating a serendipitous environment. I, I think a serendipity is a description of an event. Mm. I don't think it's something. I don't think it's a process that you can make or create.
1: So what is the process?
0: Thinking. It's just cognition. Well, that's not sexy. No, no, it's not. I mean, it is, but that's beside the point. But <laughs> when, when when you say cognition, because um, I, I associate cognition with thinking quite heavily. Yeah. I think the difference between thinking and cognition is a very complicated answer, which I'm not going to get into now. Because <laughs> again, I think they're very, very similar, similar to note-taking and writing. Um, when when it comes to serendipity, that like, when it comes to a lot of this marketing stuff, they're they're adding words that are lots of nouns. They're descriptions of things, not processes. Mm. It's very mm. hard to very hard to say. I'm going to this is going to help me do this thing because it's a description of an event and a time, which yeah. I, I I don't see how that's possible. But when you look at environments, you can shape environments because they're dynamic. And again, this is. This is me not fully grasping their arguments because I don't I don't think there is a linear causality between, or any causality, between an environment and serendipity. Because I, I just don't think there's a causal link there. I think it's something that could be afforded to through an environment. But again, now I'm using eco-psych terms, not cognitive-psych terms, and now I'm not using linear causality because... It's not causal. It's an association with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm stumped. I was hoping you'd come up with a better idea, but yeah, no, I'm stumped.
1: I don't have one. It doesn't make sense.
0: We can we can say the note count point pretty quick. Note count means F all. It means literally. Oh, it nothing. means
1: nothing. It's it's a
0: braggy nonsense. Crap. That makes me feel good because I have more notes than you. <laughs> well.
1: <laughs> but it does link into something that, like, the comments, which I think are in here now. I don't remember. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, there is. It does, like, the note count thing does link quite nicely to one of my comments. No, do you want to go to it? We'll, we'll come back to the comments section in a bit. But yeah. Yeah, it's it. like one of the things that that DeVos was saying was around that triggered an idea of like completeness and finishing and having it right. Yeah. And, And I think like what is enough notes links quite nicely to that. Like when I first looked at difference between yours and my notes i was like oh oh have i failed in note taking have i failed in creating notes am i not like doing it enough and then i'm like
0: what (laughs) (laughs) What you've used it right there you've used notes and i think it's so because we're in this like world a lot talking about notes yeah we're using the thing the note yeah but, but,
1: but, what, but, but when I mean? when I sit with it I'm like do I get what I want out of uh, out of altcraft yes
0: do I wish to use it more yes you know you know what's coming to my head I I think it sort of clicked in my head you want to do more writing, but yeah. The writing oh, yeah. that you're, but the writing that you're doing, is serving its purpose. Like, yes, you, you are. Yeah, I want to write more. I want to write more. But what
1: I am writing is 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 what I need. Like that's what I. It's serving the purpose that I have right now. And then it, it was something that's like I've started using Vault, the Vault again, and like my relationship with that. It's kind of shifted. I'm putting stuff in there that I had an assumption shouldn't have been in there.
0: So you want to practice note-taking. You want to be part, you want note-taking to be part of your practice. Hmm. So you want more writing sessions, like practicing mm. of note-taking, because note-taking is a skill, which we always say note-taking is a skill, but obviously you need to practice a skill. So what is a vault is the environment that um, you practice note-taking. Yeah. It's coming together. <laughs> Boom. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't sound like it's coming together because I'm just saying words, but in my head, like all oh, the puzzle pieces. Yeah. yeah like, oh, but yeah, it's
1: like, the amount of notes you do just doesn't. To what end? Mm. Yes, it's nice to go. I have 10,000
0: notes. <laughs> but why? Especially, have... especially when you look at the people that have like all those notes, you think, okay, so what have you done with them? What thinking have you progressed? I what- have
1: 140 files in my my section of the vault as such. I pushed the wrong button. I'm now on my home dashboard. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> I have 145 files in there.
0: 100- Is- 145, do you? Yeah, personally. Oh I I I show sure it's 140 for me. Maybe you've got some files that have some dodgy names. I don't probably. <laughs> yeah, I've I mean, I've got a lot more than that, but then a lot of those are sources. Mm. Like, and this is what I was trying to say. Um, with I can't remember who it was. It was it was someone on Twitter, and they were like, "I know you write a lot of long notes," so they were curious. And some of the smallest dots on the graph are some of the biggest notes I have. Mm. Um, which I think my my practice of note taking is it's so so diverse. Mm. But the sources make it look big. When mm. when you actually look at my notes, um actually if I was to go so inside of the vault, I have sixty-five research files. But I have five thousand three hundred. What? Oh I've I've got the atomic notes thingy up. Uh I'm going to share my screen. Uh let's not share that screen. Let's share that screen. There we go. Right. Uh zoom get out of my face thank you uh let's just move that over there and then come to here so obviously this is all of this stuff so inside of here these are my research files which the, the 65 that's that's what it says up there that's most of the work that i do these are projects that are cemented in time i would class these as sessions of practice these are uh me thinking through ideas or thinking through topics and Uh, that is a session of practice. This is ongoing expertise around topics. Uh, And then these are other sessions of practice. This is, um, these are sources, which are, oops, I didn't want to click into there. These are sources which are part of the practice. They're like, this is what I'm going to work on in this session, or this is something that I could use in that session. It's kind of like tools. Uh, I'm trying to use a, a coaching analogy in my mind. But yeah, I I have a session of practice, which is like, I'm going to do some writing today. So I know at two o'clock I'm writing today. I'm going to write with some of the sources in here in tools. uh, And in that session, I'm going to work on a project. And that project is related to expertise in these 65 areas. But I have was like 5,000, 5,335 files. Yeah. It doesn't mean anything. That's just how many tools that I have to use. Those that have 10,000 files, do they have 10,000 tools for areas of expertise and research? Or do they just have 10,000 things in a place? I don't know. So. It sounds so much effort. (laughs) Like,
1: not not the way you've done it. I like the way you've done it, which is why I'm adopting it, because it's just I don't have to think. Like, that that's where my brain is at. It's like, I want to be able to come in and do the thing, not mm. think about doing the thing. Which a lot of of what common PKM area is about thinking about doing the thing. Mm. Like all this language that is used and kind of kind of bowing up what we've said so far, it's all about like thinking about doing the thing versus doing the thing
0: and a lot of something that i've realized this week is with this with the second channel the what i'm learning channel um i've been writing a lot but it doesn't look like i've been writing a lot Mm. so the script is at the moment 600 words i think so it's maybe four or five minutes of a video I've spent so many hours, like, I'm I'm talking, like, 15, 20 hours writing that script because I've been trying to understand the research, understand how I'm going to explain this research, understand the narrative I want to use, and understand elements of the words that I'm going to use as well as a whole, as a whole script. Um, I have two drafts in there, like, it's two different drafts, but the first draft, I was writing it, and it just... It didn't sound right, but I don't know why. The information was there, but it wasn't being conveyed in a way that I liked. And now now that I'm writing things, there are certain sentences and paragraphs. I'm like, yes, that's how I want to convey this information. There are some, some sentences that has the same information, or it has the correct information in there. It's got all of the other points Connected, and this is where AI comes in, I guess, again. Um, it, it comes in, but when I read it, it doesn't go yes. What is that feeling of yes?
1: I think that kind of sums up how I use AI. I find the act of yesing it more valuable to me. Mm. That's what I want to spend my time doing, is yesing it, not just putting it in. And I think that's how I use AI uh-huh. in, in my eyes. of like I use AI to just get it in, and then I have something to play with, because otherwise I'm paralyzed. I mm-hmm. feel paralyzed. So it's like lots of stuff in... Okay, cool. This is bollocks. Don't like that. Change this. Change that. Like, move this around. Okay, cool. All right, let's move this around. It's kind of like... Um, I can't remember the film. Uh, Tom Cruise. Like, he has that. It's oh,
0: Mission Impossible adorable. stuff.
1: I think it's Mission Impossible. Might be a different one, but where he's, like, moving the information around in his head. And, like, that... Oh,
0: there's loads of films that does that. Yeah, yeah but yeah. it's that
1: kind of, like, pulling this, putting it here. Like, that puzzle piece mentality of problem-solving and creating something. They do an like...
0: Iron Man with Jarvis, so...
1: They do, yes. Yeah, and it's kind of like that. Like, that is what I enjoy doing. That is the bit that I find...
0: Weekly reviews is not something you enjoy doing?
1: No, I <laughs> fucking hate them. I don't get it. I am constantly reviewing what I'm doing as I'm doing it. Now, yes, there is benefit to, like different forms of reflection but it just seems to be an overt structured way to try and force yourself to review and reflect in a certain way which i do not find valuable
0: my weekly review is planning the next week (laughs) that's it yeah like, it's just, oh, I just don't. But the, but the thing is, most of the time I'm doing that during the, during the week. I'm like, oh, I should probably do this. When am I? And I'll put it into Morgan quickly. And then when I'm looking at Morgan, I'm like, oh, what have I got to do next? Oh, I've got lunch in 10 minutes. Wait, what are the tasks have I got to do? Oh, I could do that tomorrow and then just dump it in. And then I go have lunch. Like, I'm doing it absolutely. That, that is goes
1: the on. thing. Like, so much of what I do is done dynamically. Yep. And it it's like, I don't know.
0: I don't get the point. Nope. Nope. Me either. Me either. My, my teachers hated me when I said that. I was like, what's the point? Like, I, I never said why. When I got to year four, year five, I stopped saying why and kept asking, what's the point? I don't get the point. And it's a very aggressive or it's seen as very aggressive. Like, what's the point of this? But it, it gets directly to the point of my question. What is the point? Uh, and if there isn't one, then I I didn't do it. Uh, very similar, actually, to what Jessica was... Uh, this wasn't meant to be a segue, but it turned out to be a segue into a tweet that I saw from Jessica McCabe, I think is how you say her last name. And I'll read the tweet out to you. For those on YouTube, you can see it if I've edited it in. Uh, I hate running like hate it. An ADHD new friend invited me to a mud run. Ooh, interesting. And he's willing to train for it with me with intervals of running and walking at a park I like, and we get to talk enthusiastically as we walk. I no longer hate running. I don't like the I hate running bit. Because you you can't hate running. You can hate the environment that you're doing the running in. Yeah. (laughs) Like... I, to to take this a little bit out of proportion and maybe sensationalise it a bit, if you've got a, a lion next to you that wants to eat you, you're not going to hate running at that point. You're actually going to need it <laughs> to survive. Uh, so you, you can't hate running in that environment. You probably hate the lion. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I know. Sensationalise <laughs> it. A
1: bit. I'm just like someone going... <sighs> Gonna kill me now. This is not a, a, a an opinion on Jessica at all. But no. it was my brain. went my brain went. Uh, you know,
0: imagine, imagine that. Just kill run. me now. I hate running. I hate running. I'm not gonna run. You just have to kill me now. <laughs> just eat me. Just eat me. I'm not running.
1: Once again, I'd say again very clearly that it's not my opinion. <laughs> just, no, no.
0: My brain went there. I, I did the exact same thing. I mean, I actually, I actually had like this, this person running and just stopping and like, you know what? No, I hate running. I'm not doing this. <laughs> just, just, no, that, that just doesn't happen. Um, So it's the environment they're running in. I think this, again, comes back to school. We've spoken about art before. I'm not an arty person. No, I am an arty person. I just don't do art the way that they taught it at school, because it's different. It's the same with math, same with all the subjects, which is why I would argue schools need to have a dynamic learning environment rather than the static ones that are currently being used inside of teacher education I'm trying to dive in, but the systems are so apt. That it's so hard to make any changes. Um, like, I If you are a teacher, please contact me, especially in the UK system. Well, the UK system doesn't exist, but in any of the systems inside of the UK, please contact me, because I want to try and understand how we can do something about this. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think she hates running. I think she hates the idea of running in an environment that she's done before. And then that's just reinforced by her saying, and uh, I no longer hate running. It's like, You you mean you found an environment that you like running? Great. Like, so you didn't hate running to start with. You hated running alone, maybe? Perfect, perfectly valid. A lot of people don't like running alone. I personally don't like running at all at the moment because of my knees. (laughs) Like, I can only run a certain distance until my knees start hurting because of past issues. So I don't hate running. I hate running after a certain distance because my knees and shins start hurting. Uh, a symptom of doing too much trampoline um, so adding that additional piece of it, information excuse me is important when you make statements like that blanket statements like that Yeah, yeah but yeah that's my thoughts on that I assume you just agree because you're just yesing it
1: <laughs> yeah it's actually something like for myself it, it almost links to something I've been thinking of a lot in terms of, like, fitness and... Like, I hate exercise. Like, that is that is the, the language.
0: Mm. That's what you want to say, but you also don't want to say.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't... Why? Why would I spend all this time lifting weights... Or running when the moment I start running, I'm flipping in pain, asthmatic. Um, like, why would I do any of those things? But something I found recently on, I can't remember whether it's TikTok or is a real to do with flexibility. And I'm like, that'd be cool. Be more flexible. I like that. That's interesting.
0: Interesting. Of like with a master's degree my to... head's in all, all directions but interesting yeah to,
1: to be able to
0: keep you know moving
1: around with my kids to be able to keep up with my kids to be able to you know not feel stiff and uncomfortable all the time that'd be lovely like I like the sound of that to be able to if I fall and trip or to make sure that my ankles aren't flipping because i'm blind in one eye i bump into a lot of things I like i trip up on things and so being able to make sure my ankles are not absolutely marked that would be lovely mm. so i'm like okay cool that attracts me that gets my attention it's kind of talking to what we spoke about last week maybe the last one i don't remember me like it was about a problem that we want to do something about like it's not the fact that I don't like exercise it's the problem is is I don't find any reason to do it because I don't enjoy it so and there isn't a problem to solve because the assumption is is that I have to do it in x way y shape and do it this way and have stupid outfit on and go out running and then have to try and take my inhaler because I'm absolutely freaking
0: breathless all the time and that that right there is one of the biggest uh, misconceptions inside of exercise, just in general, exercise communication, is exercise isn't high-intensity exercise. Everyone assumes exercise is high-intensity, but it's not. Um, And when I do my exercise, (laughs) most of it's walking. I I walk, uh, because I think we spoke about this before, I think I walk about 5K a day-ish. But it's literally me walking, it's either me walking the dog, obviously there's a point to walking the dog, Or me listening to a podcast instead of me sitting here listening to a podcast conversation i go and walk i just walk for 40 minutes an hour whatever um i walk down to the beach or i walk by the the fields over the back or maybe i'll drive somewhere and then walk i very rarely do that because i can't be bothered i just put my headphones in and walk um do i walk the same routes yes but i'm walking listening to something so i'm doing exercise and i know it's helping because when I get back, like, my legs are fine. Like, they're not achy, they're not painful, but they feel worked. Like, they f- they feel like I've done something. So when it does come to things like gardening, when I'm outside gardening, I'm fine. My dad, on the other hand, does nothing. He does no exercise. He's literally the worst healthy person you could think of he does everything you shouldn't do apart from obviously the the drugs and stuff the kids do and and smoking he stops smoking but everything else yeah like he's stationary he sits on a chair in bad posture he drinks a lot of alcohol like all that sort of stuff and when it comes to gardening he sweats absolute buckets just like standing up and moving around a couple of bits because he he doesn't exercise yes we try and get him exercising and it doesn't always work uh, but but the point is, it doesn't have to be, oh, I'm going to go to the gym. No, just walk. Just 20-minute walk and find something that you enjoy. Maybe just listen to music. Sometimes I just listen to music to walk because I'm like, I just need a brain break or I just need to do something else. I'm going to go walk so I can do a, a small circuit. It takes me like 20, 25 minutes. I'll just listen to music. I'll be bobbing my head along listening to music. And then I go back and I feel I feel fine. I feel like refreshed and I'll go again. But that's a different way of looking at exercise. I am admittedly looking at cycling, but that's a whole other story.
1: Yeah, and I think that's kind of like, for me, as I'm getting older, like, I want to be able to just enjoy life without being exhausted as Mm -hmm. such. And that's all I really care about. But a lot of it is, I literally had someone in my DMs, do you want to get ripped in t- seven days if I, you pay me
0: X amount? I'm like, no, I don't give a fuck. I don't care. But those sorts of things comes with another misconception. It's impossible to get ripped in X amount of time. As soon as you say, get ripped, get trained, get blah, blah, blah in X days, they're talking bullshit. Every single one of them talking bullshit. Yeah, but it's all over the fitness industry. The the industry has a massive issue. Um, but yeah, I think this relates to one of the comments. So let's let's head into the comment section. My boing. yeah, boing jump. My first comment uh, is from Dobos. and I picked out a little sentence. It says, "Really strong FOMO and the existence of Zettelkasten, LYT, and all the other big systems." This is related to a comment about systems and the problem with obsidian, like obsidian feeling, feeling FOMO with uh, obsidian because it's associated with all of these things. And all I, like all I want to say on this. Obviously, we did an episode about this last week, the obsidian uh, notion obsidian updates episode. All I want to say is that if you're feeling FOMO about all of the stuff inside of the PPM note taking space. I think that's a sign to reassess priorities. Do you want to say no, but you don't know why.
1: Yes. Yeah, <laughs>
0: I want to say no, but I don't know why. Which is what I'm
1: doing in my head right now—is questioning.
0: You're questioning, like why? Because if you feel FOMO, there's a fear. Hmm. If there is a fear. There's got to be a reason behind the fear. So leading leading back to the conversation we had last week about linear causality and cognitive psychology, I, I recognise we've just thrown some people in the deep end. Uh, but linear causality... Isn't that this podcast in a nutshell? <laughs> yeah, throwing people in the deep end, yep. Uh, so th- when when I think of fear of missing out. There is a fear there. What is the fear tied to? Why are you scared of X, Y, Z? Um, this isn't relating directly to what T- Davos was talking about. There's a like more context to what they're saying. But when people do fear, oh, I don't know how LYT works, or I don't know how casting works, or my casting isn't as good as this, or I don't know what Atomic Notes does, blah, 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 blah. Insert loads of other jargon and buzzwords. Um, there is a fear of not knowing something most of the time, or not having expertise in something most of the time. And if you're feeling that fear, I would argue that you now need to reassess. Is that fear one valid and two, what you're going to do about it? Because if you're fearing not knowing how to do Zettelkasten, is that a good thing? Fearing it, maybe no, but if you don't know how to do it, that could be a good thing. Because it means you're not tied up with all the jargon and the buzzwords and all the rest of it that could actually be a negative. So no. I, I I would say you need to, like if you're feeling FOMO about something in the PKM space, that's a signal for you to reassess why. Like reassess your priorities as to why you're feeling the fear, and oh, then well, reflect that on
1: it. Actually, is leading to like what yeah, is, and then reflect on it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Does that uh, clarify your no, but don't know, no? Yeah, no, it it does. Yeah, no, it does. Yes, I I do that. This I do that the same. Like yeah, no. Sorry, it's no, not yeah.
1: <laughs> it does. Yes. Um, okay. and I think that a lot of when I talk to business owners around getting organised and being productive, and that they're looking at all these systems they're looking at the systems as the solution as the end point to solve a problem Mm. because the problem is they're disorganized the assumption they've made is the problem is disorganization not anything else rather than exploring what that means for them and whether it's actually the fact that they're just dumb and stupid which is what they think they feel dumb and stupid and that there's something wrong with them that's often the assumption that they lead with and
0: uh, you're right there yeah yeah i'm um got a...
1: yeah and so it's like they feel that the problem is disorganization Versus looking at, and so they think that a system will fix it. And using Zettelcast and LYT and the big systems will fix that. The system is the solution for their disorganization when really no application or tool or solution will fix the problem because you don't, my interpretation is you don't understand what the problem actually is. I had someone come to talk to me the other day around like, I need to get my system sorted. I need to fix my life. And I'm like, why? What's the problem? Well, I'm disorganized. Okay, why does that matter? Why does that actually matter? Because you're going through a tough time or something's happening or like the environment that you're in requires you to stop. Yet you don't want to stop. You want to try and keep pushing yourself to do more things and and fix things. And it's like, but that's going to be the exact do you if if you want to go through a cycle of extensive productivity where you go through being productive and doing lots of things and then you burn out and then you like that cycle a cycle is something that you're happy with and that works for you then carry on doing it but if not (laughs) then it's a different question and it's a a different conversation
0: I've said this a couple of times in the past, um, and it's related to cognitive load theory and what Sweller talks about. Uh, I'm going to this is cognitive psychology. I'm going to remind people for those unfamiliar, uh, remind people and tell people for those people unfamiliar. Um, Essentially, the, the comment is about biological primary skills. And what he says is, if a student cannot organize information, it is more likely that they suffer from the complexity of the particular information they are dealing with, rather than ignorance of how to organize information. Now, previously, I've just looked at that and gone, "Well, yeah, duh, obvious." And in your in your sort of last sort of words, I suddenly thought, "Actually, you know what? I'm going to challenge this." You said people are not organized or they're disorganized. I think that's what a- they that that's yeah. their assumption. Yeah, yeah not exactly. I think that's a myth. I think disorganization is a myth. Yep. I know that's going to sound kind of controversial, potentially. <laughs> But I don't think disorganisation is... I don't know whether it doesn't exist because existence is over the whole conversation. (laughs) But I don't (laughs) think... Yeah, we'll leave that for another day. Um, I don't think disorganisation is a thing that people need to concern themselves with. And the reason is... Huh? I agree. Yeah, and the reason that I want to hammer this home a little bit further is because disorganization, as um, Sweller alluded to, is essentially shallow understanding. You're not understanding the information that you have right now well enough, right? And when, when we look at it like that, what is Eco-psych saying about this? Well, eco self-organize. You self-organize information. And the self-organization of information happens whether you like it or not. And if the self-organization of information is not enough to give you clarity, then the issue is self-organization. So what's the solution? Self-organization. So you understanding something clearer in deeper languages, whatever, with affordances and constraints, solves the disorganization. So was it ever disorganized in the first place? No. It was organized in a way that you didn't see. It was organized in a way that you you had organized in, um, but it didn't give you the achievement, your achievement to to the affordances that you wanted, that you actually wanted. Um, But if you don't know what you want, if you don't have a goal outcome, there is no goal behavior to organization, then the organization isn't going to fit the goal. So it's not disorganized. It's just self-organized in a way that doesn't suit the goal that you have at that time. Because when you look at information, as time moves forwards, you may reorganize the information. I'm thinking about a note right now. If you think about a note, it's organized. But then if you look at a note at a different point in time, it's now disorganized. Or it's just self-organized for a different goal. So is disorganization. Just actually organized, but for a different purpose. It's a very small reframing, but I think it's pretty significant. But maybe that's me being biased.
1: No. It probably is me being biased too, but this is exactly the kind of philosophy I take when it comes to the business stuff of like, you're not disorganized. Doesn't what is that? What does that mean? Because mm. everyone says that they're disorganized, they want to be more productive. Well, what do you mean by that? because i don't think you mean what you think you mean or you don't know what you mean you just think you should it's a thing you should do it's a it's a it's it's a noun organized yeah.
0: it's not what you're doing i am organized okay are you organized now what about now <laughs> and now <laughs> you're always organizing you're yeah. you're a self-organizing organism Say yeah, that ten times quick. Your whole entire, <laughs> that's exactly how what you do. Yes. It's not possible not to do it. Precisely. And I think this this links quite ne- nicely to my next comment. I used lazy enemies as an excuse because I haven't made the decision yet. Davos said that. Um, and this was in the AI stories. And I think uh, this is this was really interesting to read the comment. For those that have the time, read the comment because it was... It was a reflection inside of a comment, of a comment that we spoke about, <laughs> and so. and that links quite
1: nicely to what I was saying last week about. Uh, Davos took the time mm. to like watch the entire episode and then reply, and I could tell like mm. the difference in the comment. It was, it was, and I don't have a problem with anyone just replying straight from the face because it's good. Straight from the face. <laughs> I know what I meant. I, I don't that. care how people respond, but it was interesting to see these these responses that were almost exactly how we communicate in the podcast itself in text form,
0: um, which I thought like, was like straight from the face.
1: Yeah. Like... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, dear. It was really interesting to see the difference. It was subtle, but there was a difference.
0: Mm.
1: And it was the contradicting yourself element,
0: Mm. which is... It came across as a very, obviously, because it was, a very reflective comment. And Mm. those are the sorts of comments that I'm like, yes, because now... What I feel is that there's a reflective conversation. Obviously, Davos is the one that we've uh, responded to most inside the comments because they are the ones that are writing most of the comments. But it's becoming a reflective conversation between Davos and like ourselves. And it's, it's continually developing. So we are reflectively practicing as we go, um, answering questions, challenging thoughts. And that's what a community does. <laughs> yeah. Which yeah. I, I found that really insightful, and when it comes to using "lazy" as an excuse, I think the the word "lazy" obviously has a negative connotation, but we're all lazy.
1: Hmm.
0: We're I'm, all lazy, and wired uh, to be lazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we are, and I think "lazy" as an excuse um, is a nice way, or is a is a way, whether it's a nice way or not, I'm not sure. Um, but it's a way of saying I haven't made the decision yet. Mm, yeah. And, and and that again is where Dovos went a step further into reflective practice and said, okay, why haven't I made that decision yet? Yeah. And that and that's again finding the problems. Yeah. It was good. I loved it. So, John, next
1: comment. Yes. It was it was uh one of Dovoce's replies just don't have a screenshot for which I will now do from now on um around... I just made
0: it easy it just makes it easier for me it does than... it does yeah
1: around the relationships of like parents and children when children ask these questions, the parents automatically like you are too young to learn this or do that and and as a parent who's actually said that and has been reflecting on that quite a bit recently of like I know where it's coming from. It's coming from that, we don't know, don't ask. It's very much like, I don't have the answer to that question, but there is an expectation that I have put upon myself to know the answer to that question. It is something that I know that my partner does quite a bit. Like the expectation is to know the answers. And if I don't know the answers, then I am failing. And often because we don't have the emotional maturity to actually go, I don't know, it's a snap back. It's a. It's a. Don't ask this question. You're too young. You don't understand. Like this, 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 this. this. And and something that I am working on for myself and really focusing on is like actually just going. Don't know, because I don't. And that's a really good. And, and I think it went back to the like. That's a really good question. that I don't have enough time to do now because that's actually what it was. It was I want to discuss this with you. But there is no time to do it right now because we need a lot longer to really sit and think about that together, versus just a snap response because they're just not valuable. And well, nah. I, no, no, no. Yeah, they're not enough. Okay, I'll, I'll let you off. Yeah, I realized I was like, oh, I hate what I just said. I was exactly the point of what I was trying to say. And I contradicted myself in that sentence, but it, it, yeah.
0: Mm. I like the um, emotional integrity that you came of oh, what Was it emotion? No, m- emotional maturity. Uh, Cause I, I use behavioral integrity quite a lot in the way that I explain things because I like people to have behavioral integrity with the actions that they're taking, especially when they're um, making decisions And I think some people lack emotional maturity, as you were saying, um, which impacts their behavioral integrity, because if they're not emotionally mature enough to say, "Mm, actually, this was a bad action, I shouldn't have done this, or uh, this isn't accurate, or actually, I'm, I'm telling a bit of a lie here. I know Simon Sinek talks about this as a as a a form of a, or expression of love in like relationships, a lot of what Simon yeah a lot of what Simon talks about can be quite um, wishy washy. I guess <laughs> as a, as a term, a, a lot of the the points are quite valid, and he speaks very wisely, but it's hard to grasp what he's talking about sometimes because he uses quite out there terms. There. They're hard to grasp unless you've listened to him speak quite a bit. Whereas I feel emotional maturity is something I can I can get a hold of, I can use that. So I, I like that. i I think I'm gonna use that a little bit more. Thank you for adding that to my um chosen vocabulary. Right. Okay. Right. Um you two are just talking about and expanding your views without trying to win the conversation. Yes. 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 <laughs> Say it again. Oh yes, because that's
1: that that is the whole. I love that when I heard when I read that I was like, "Yep, yep."
0: Yeah, I'm like that. That is the point, and that's that's what I think. Um, it's not necessarily missing from some of the other big podcasts, but there there's a, an air of. I don't want to ask this question or I don't know if I can or should ask this question or what are going to be the consequences of asking this question? There's always a, a fear factor behind a question or a, a train of thought or somewhere that it, it goes. Um, some of the podcasts that don't have that barrier, I find then don't probe very well with the barrier. Like, I mean, Joe Rogan's podcast is the one that comes to mind. He doesn't he, he doesn't share. Uh, th- this is one of the irritations I had with his podcast. He doesn't share an opinion about the thing in his knowledge and understanding. He just uses what he's found on the internet. Um, or he uses what he's found that's sort of interesting. And he brings on lots of people that are popular. And they challenge them a little bit. But it doesn't it doesn't seem to go very deep. It's very hard to get a deeper conversation, which is why I prefer the Lex Friedman podcast because they actually they actually dive into some of the topics a little bit further. But there's still an element of mm, yeah, maybe maybe they disagree. Like it's content, not conversations. But for some of them, yes, definitely. Mm. I feel like they're conversations, but I feel like the constraints on some of the conversations add add an air of like winning and losing to like it. It feels like there's a there's an agenda to the conversation. Yes, I, I think I think that's a better but, yeah. way. Yeah, yeah I, 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 I like that better.
1: That 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 was something that I experienced with recent conversations I've had. Like so and there, there's been a few of them. Some of them haven't gone out in the world, but it was like, I want you to talk about things, not just like, come on, just just, just probe things a little bit deeper. And a lot of the podcasts that I was on, they were it was so surface level.
0: And as I, I went deeper. I think this is like the interview question style. Podcasts, because they're they're very agenda based. They're very next question, next question, next question. I mean, yes, we have an outline, but Mm. they're not questions. They're just, hey, here's a point. Talk on it. Oh, 20 minutes later. okay uh, we should probably move on now. (laughs) And we go off in lots of directions. Yes, that can be frustrating, probably not great for the algorithm because we do divert. But it's how conversations work. And yes, we go backwards and forwards and contradict ourselves. (laughs) That's the point. But yeah. That's that's what conversation really is.
1: Yeah. It's about really, like, considering. And yeah, I just find it much more interesting.
0: Because otherwise
1: it's just a bit boring.
0: I'm curious, do you listen back to our conversations? Started to. Mm. Because I'm going to be blunt. I never listened back to them because I was obviously in them and a lot of the time i was like oh yeah i can think about that and like afterwards after the podcast or the episode a lot of the key points in my head i won't take notes on (laughs) but uh I'll, i'll use it in whatever it is that i was doing through practice um so whether that's uh sometimes i'll i'll take uh notes as in I'll add an action to Morgan to be like, I want to make a podcast on this, or I want to talk about this in another way, or what does or like and add a question to what does emotional maturity mean to behavioral integrity inside of my philosophy? Like those sorts of things. So I'm mm-hmm. I'm taking notes, but it's part of my thinking. I'm I'm adding it to my thinking. But now because I'm doing the editing, I'm listening back to the podcast and I'm like, we sound kind of smart. Well, you do
1: at least, but yeah. <laughs> it, 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 was, it was really interesting to listen to. I think I listened to... Because uh, one of the things that I've been doing is kind of making more of a conscious effort to write the description of the audio podcast because that's kind of the only interaction you have. And, kind and that's of... how
0: we've got differentiation. It's an audio podcast and a video yeah. podcast.
1: Yeah, and I've been kind of putting more effort into like what we're talking about hmm. and i find that much much more it, it's made me listen to what we're talking about which has been kind of fun
0: i wonder if you were to get the transcript of the podcast put it into notion say and then get it to summarize it would that give you a good description i'm going to
1: try that now
0: i'd be intrigued to see what it comes up with. i don't I? think it would I'm going
1: to try it now
0: because you're going to have to prompt it with like ChatGPT stuff. Because otherwise, you know, it's just going to f- like basically give you a bulleted list of the topics you spoke about. Mm. Which, I mean, at the end of the day, is a description. But is it going to be? As- I recently
1: I recently found um a resource on kind of processing longer form content for ChatGPT. Mm. Um, that I might try with one of these episodes. Right. Have the audio, so I can literally. Put it into Descript and immediately get everything
0: we need. So, yeah, I mean, YouTube obviously gives you the transcripts as well once it's published, but you'll be doing that before it's public. So, but yeah, thanks. Everyone that might for be listening. interesting
1: to put into here.
0: In here, in the notes,
1: in the notes of the episode. Oh, inside of
0: Obsidian. Bobcraft. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I'm with you now. Yeah. Oh, and and just to clarify, Dovos, yes, the link to VaultCraft is on the YouTube channel banner. The reason I didn't put it in the descriptions is because uh it's gonna be the same link for every single video. So it's kind of redundant at being there. And I don't want to put individual links inside of descriptions because if we do change the name of the file, the link changes and then it breaks and then I have to change it everywhere, which I've had to do in my other like my main channel, and it's just a pain in the butt. So <laughs> no. <laughs> The link to Warcraft <laughs> is on YouTube, <laughs> on the banner. So,
1: And it's also in the podcast, for those who listen. It's at the bottom. And I also have now linked to the YouTube channel
0: um, on the podcast, too. Yeah. And the episodes are named the same, I think. So you should be able to find it. Yeah. Cool. Bye.